Perspective, perspective, perspective. For Liberty Flames fans, at least, that's the theme of the day here in the fast lane. But here's the reason why that's the case. I understand Liberty Flames fans who might be upset because they lost yet again. Another one of these higher-profile non-conference games did not go their way. But keep this in mind. Liberty's lost three out of their last four. Their only win was to a still winless, to my knowledge, Mississippi Valley State Devils team, Delta Devils, something like that. The only thing I know about that school is Jerry Rice is their most notable alum. And they did not have all that impressive of a website when I was doing research on them around that game. So here's the thing. Liberty has lost three of four. But keep it in context if you're a Flames fan. This is not a team in the Atlantic Coast Conference where you can afford to lose some games. This is a team where if you're Liberty, it's really still, at least it should be treated as, all about being built up for Conference USA and most notably peaking at the end of the season and into the conference tournament, which will be held at a neutral site. Because if you're Liberty, I get it. The 50-50 break went their way as an athletic department getting into the Fiesta Bowl this year. But it did take everybody else that was a group of five football team having at least two losses to get in there. And apparently Trey's dog in the background disagrees with me. He's rather loud. He's having fun today. Uh, yes, he is. Unlike you, whose day has been put down by another Philadelphia Eagles projection gone bad. I mean, it's it's just keeping the faith. I'm okay. Yes. Like we, we have, it's okay. If you someone told me three and two and they're gone, quote unquote, gauntlet stretch, I'd take it. So I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, as a true Eagles fan on this, on this table, unlike someone over here. Oh my gosh. Really? You're throwing jabs. You, you get on me for shooting strays your way. I don't even know if that's one. That's just fired directly that was, at me. Yeah. Yeah. It was direct. Unlike you who just like, you'll say your point and then throw in a, a barb about me. <laughs> More on that tomorrow though, in our votes of confidence recap as we'll keep our seats, but back to basketball. If you're Liberty right now, I get the frustration if you're a fan because you're used to winning these games in non-conference play. But the reality is this is as hard of a schedule as they've put together. And no, this is not a schedule filled with a gazillion Power 5 programs. In fact, they only have one Power 5 team on the schedule. That's still to come in a couple of weeks when they battle Alabama in a de facto road game, neutral site with air quotes, of Birmingham, Alabama. It's the fact that if you look at who Liberty's played in this stretch, they went down to my spot, the Redneck Riviera, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach, where everybody in Martinsville, Henry County goes to vacation. No lie about that, by the way. That's pretty true. And they actually won a handful of games. Wichita State, not what they've been in prior years, but Furman, even though they're 5-5, five and five, they're a team that I would expect to be there in the thick of things in the Southern Conference. Go look at the teams that Furman has lost to, and you'll actually be able to make sense of it. And then they knocked off in their third game down there, Furman, who, excuse me, not Furman, um, but Wichita State, Furman, and then the third one, God, who is it that escapes me right now? Vermont, yes, the Catamounts, who almost always run the America East. So out of that bunch, you've got possibly two tournament teams. I would say easily you've got one. And then look at the three of four Liberties lost right now. Florida Atlantic is a team that, I get it, their name doesn't draw much. And I understand 
that Richie McKay is almost always overly praiseworthy of the opponent, um, and even to an extent to the, the frustration of some fans, his team. But he's not wrong when he's doing that. That's the thing that I get uh, with Richie McKay and, and how he's approaching this. He's not wrong. Like, Florida Atlantic is a team that if you took out the Florida Atlantic part and you replaced it with State or just left it at Florida, people go, wow, this is a really good team. They can make a deep run in March. Because they are long. They've got great guard play. They've got a, a cast of characters that all came back with a head coach when they could have broken up after the run to the Final Four. But they all kind of said, you know what, let's give this one more shot and see if we can make another run at this. Think of them in the context of Butler years ago. You remember when Butler had the, those two years where they lost to UConn in that boring national championship game? Oh, by the way, I was at Martinsville then. Radio station lost power for a chunk of that game. And they got back on the air like 30 minutes later and there were like 10 points that had been scored. It was that bad of a game. But they also had the game against Duke. Butler did. In that two-year stretch where the shot clinked off the back iron in the three that would have been the most miraculous finish ever with apologies to Christian Leitner in a March Madness game. A half-court shot for the championship in a national title game that didn't go through. Butler was those programs. Think of Florida Atlantic in that context when you're trying to figure out who Liberty is as a basketball team. And then look at the other teams that have beaten Liberty. Charleston. I get it. It's a 50-50 type game. And if you're Liberty, that's probably the one where I'm most disappointed. Because you felt like Liberty was never really in that game. And it may be hard for Flames fans to remember because it was... Last Friday night, Conference USA Championship game, which is weird to say 10 days ago, feels like an eternity, but it was 10 days ago, and Liberty was never really in that game against Charleston. That's the one where I'd be disappointed, but even Grand Canyon. I mean, look, the atmosphere was fantastic at the Liberty Arena. The Flames had another good performance. They're in that game down the stretch, and they're learning things about different teams that ultimately can prepare them later on. Richie McKay, the first to note that when he mentioned how Grand Canyon, this past Saturday, really tested Liberty, particularly with their adjustments over the course of the game after Liberty jumped out to a double-digit lead in the first half. Yeah, I mean, it is a physical game, and uh, man, JV's, that dude's so relentless on the glass, and Shiloh had a crack at it, and he had tipped one in earlier that they reviewed, so, uh, but those are the breaks of the game, like we, I mean, we missed three straight free throws, that's uncharacteristic of our team, we go six for 25 not taking anything away from Grand Canyon because they had a lot to do with it. They're a hard guard. You, you expend so much energy on the defensive end trying to guard their bounce and their individual playmakers uh, and then their physicality, the way you rebound. Um, like they had three offensive rebounds in the second half. I mean, in the first half, seven in the second half. Seven in the second half, offensive rebounds. It's a team that crashed the glass. They've got good athleticism in that area. And look, if there's one bone that I will pick about Liberty right now is they're a team that's going to have to rely on three-point shooting a lot, on precision passing to get good open looks from three-point shooting because they're not the most athletic team. I mean, let's be honest. First of all, you lose Darius McGee and you lose a lot of athleticism. But And this is not a knock on Richie McKay and saying he can't put together an athletic roster because he's done that plenty of times. Caleb Holmesley, Georgie Pacheco-Ortiz, Lavelle Cabell, Scotty James, Mayo Baxter-Bell, Elijah Cuffey, they've had those type of players, but they don't really have anyone of that type of athleticism on this team. So Liberty's got to face teams like that to learn how to actually battle those teams over the back half of Conference USA play because they need to be ready for it when the pressure really is higher, which is not now, but in March. And this is the type of game where if you're a coaching staff, you expose your team to other types of teams. 
You can then say, hey, it didn't work the last time, so let's try this, and you get more buy-in. Not that players aren't bought in for Richie McKay, but it's easier to buy in when you've lost because nobody wants to feel that way again. And players, at least to their credit at Liberty, understand this. Katie Matheny, afterwards, mentioned that length as well and how it gave the Flames fits. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Like you said, they have a, uh, they got some long guards, um, so it makes shots a little more difficult, but... Like I said, we got what we were getting what we were wanting to, but uh, just shot wasn't going in. Um, there in the first half, at the beginning of the game, we were making our shots, and um, as you saw, the score showed. Um, so if we just kept playing like that or hitting our shots like that, uh, the game could have been a lot different. Katie Matheny, we were getting what we wanted to, but the shots didn't go in. Okay, uh, we make this comparison all the time, but Liberty basketball is kind of a you know miniature version of Virginia basketball. Virginia's got better athletes all of the time, and this year I think even more so. And I've seen both those teams you know, in person, so I can at least attest to that. But here's the thing. Right now they're aware of that. that. That's number one. But when the shots were going in, it was great. When they didn't go in, it was a problem. It's kind of going to be Liberty's identity to a certain extent offensively against more athletic teams, better teams, the type of teams that are going to be in the way of Liberty going deeper. First of all, they were in the game in spite of that. Free throw shooting wasn't good. That's got to get better for Liberty. I mean, you absolutely have to improve that if you're Liberty. But you understand that, and they've got the right attitude. And Keita Matheny, channeling his inner Melissa McCarthy from the infamous Saturday Night Live skit she did a few years ago mocking uh, President Donald Trump, will not (laughs) be deterred. But Liberty, they will not... Be deterred, as Kate Matheny mentioned after the loss, that that's one of the takeaways that he and the Flames have from this. We have a, a great belief, a great confidence in our ability. Um, so this this one game is not going to deter us from what we know, what we, what we can do. Um, like like Zach said, they played a they played a great game, and we miss we miss some some good shots um so we we know what we're capable of we're not gonna let this one uh get us down um it's early in the season december but we don't lose home at home i know that i know this is my first year here but i know uh that we got to protect home court we're gonna do that from uh from here on out i mean you understand that you're putting more goals out there that are hard to attain protect home court from here on out means uh, you're not losing games at home which means you're kind of putting pressure on yourself but it's also learning to live with that and taking accountability of that goal if you're liberty and again Kate Matheny afterwards channeling his inner melissa mccarthy from saturday night live will not <laughs> be deterred we will not be deterred but here's the thing that's the attitude of liberty and ultimately it's something that richie mckay learned that if you're a flames fan who is a little unnerved by losing three of their last four and the fact that this program is not used to losing games early in the season again richie mckay is often optimistic to a fault in these spots but he is very realistic if you step back and look a little bit further they may not be bigger brand names but Grand Canyon's probably going to the tournament. Florida Atlantic certainly is the team that Liberty had the most trouble with. Um, Alabama probably will. They're an SEC caliber team that's still to come on the schedule for Liberty. There are a lot of those type of games. I'd rather lose these games if I'm a Flames fan now than in March because you need to be ready for it. And frankly, the difficulty of putting this type of schedule together in prior years, I think actually has hurt Liberty going forward. Because when they've gotten to March the last couple of years, 
the difference in styles or when they've been taken outside their comfort zone they have had fewer data points on which to draw because really they've been in a lot of blowout type games either one way or the other against teams to which liberty has been much better or they played really good teams like alabama last year where it was no contest in terms of the competition level look this is good for liberty They've had games where they've been in it. They've had to fight. They've had to learn, learn where their limitations are, learn how to make adjustments. The objective is to get better for Marge. And again, this is not a team that's going to put crap basketball, pardon my language, but they're going to put garbage basketball on the court for the majority of the time. But you're going to have some of these, and I get it, if you're a Liberty fan, it just stings because you're not used to losing. But keep in mind, this is what you got in a head coach and what you frankly want to hear from a guy like Richie McKay afterwards. Uh, what I've learned is our team's got great character. What we need to do better is finish plays, uh, take care of that glass if we're going to play small, and uh, again, continue to keep our belief because uh, sometimes you go along in this journey and you win a few games and everybody wants you to win them all, and I just want our guys to stay away from that. That's outcome-based, and uh, that, would, that would dilute the character uh, and the foundation of our program. Outcome-based. Okay, I, I, fans hate hearing that when coaches mention, you know, it's about the process, and First of all, most of the best coaches generally subscribe to that. I mean, I try to take that approach in my everyday life, and sometimes you get so immersed in the process, you forget about the outcome, but it's not a bad mindset, especially when you're talking basketball this time of year. Again, we use this comparison all the time, but program mantra-wise, stylistically, the way they recruit and try to develop players, Liberty is... Again, they're they're a, a miniature version of Virginia. Richie McKay, by the way, was in the studio over the summer and mentioned taking that as a compliment. But it's part of the, the objective of understanding where you are as a program and process. If you're talking about mid-December, yeah, that's probably what you should be worried about. Because even though everyone knows the end goal is to win the Conference USA basketball tournament, if you're Liberty, to get the automatic berth to March, that's still three plus months away. I mean, you still got to get to mid-January, to mid-February, to March. So you're looking about three months away from right now. We're in mid-whatever mid month we are, mid-December. We're three months away from that. Look, if you get that focus that far away, other teams are going to make adjustments and you're going to have a problem. So that's why all of this actually makes sense if you're a frustrated Liberty fan. And if you're a frustrated holiday shopper, here's what you need to do. Check out Wednesday, the Virginia Talk Radio Network, because we have an awesome set of deals coming at insaneradiodeals.com actually it's already started oh it has well trey how come i heard your old message as opposed to my ridiculous well, the, the messages horrible the messages will start tomorrow or well after the show when i put them in By the but way, if you go to the website right now and do what you want to do on those items you get the discount well here's the cool part about insaneradiodeals.com let me confirm while Trey worries about that, here's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear my singing over the next handful yes, of days. Yes, you're going to hear it. It's really bad. There's one way to put an end to that over the holiday season. Buy as much as you can and tell your friends to visit InsaneRadioDeals.com to avoid the pain of hearing more of my horrible singing. But, hey, it's for the cause, and it's ultimately the cause of helping you save money this holiday season. Speaking of money not being saved, that's where we begin things right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. 
number five. So no more yet on whether Trey Lyles, New York Yankees, have acquired that pitcher from Japan whose name I can't Yamamoto. Pronounce. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yamamoto. That's actually how you say it. Um, I'll probably just call him Yamada, like Yamada Japanese Barbecue in Forest. 20% the off. Center. Yes, those are. Gift cards are 20% off at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But anyway, no word on whether Yamamoto or whoever it is is going to sign with the Yankees or wherever the pitcher may end up going. But Shohei Otani, 10-year, $700 million contract. Yes, even with half of it going to the People's Republic of California, he still will have plenty of, in the immortal words of Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all, left over for whatever he wants in his entire lifetime. I actually commend him because, okay, he's going to a high bidder in a big market, but if you look at his process, it's basically areas where he felt most comfortable. I thought he played free agency really well from that particular angle, the business of free agency. And oh, by the way, this is baseball, where these 10-year, $700 million contracts are fully guaranteed. Trey, I think it was you who brought this up, and it may be at the Foul Ball Area podcast, about the amount of money the Dodgers are set to make back over the next year to not fully offset this, but make a heavy no, dent. No, they will offset this, I think. Well, I heard someone say today, like, within the first month of this contract just because of endorsement deals and merchandise and tickets like they'll make 200 million dollars the dodgers will yeah so, so you think about that over the long term they're going to make their money back and then some yes and then be able to pay all the people they have to and, and uh, just implement everything. put in perspective like shohei otani is the japanese michael jordan like that's how or lebron james or like he is their their athlete like that's how big he is in that country like there's a whole media group dedicated to just following Shohei Otani around luckily they don't have to move to Toronto where it looked like he might have been going yes that was a distinct possibility by the way there's not much else in college basketball because we're in that exam time where you're not getting a lot of action until this upcoming weekend and next week when it resumes over the Christmas holiday break but just keep that in mind if you're wondering why there's not a ton of other basketball talk right now. Meanwhile, number four, we will also get to more NFL talk tomorrow, including the horrid officiating uh, being blown out of proportion in certain cases, as you heard on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app yesterday afternoon. A little tease for tomorrow. But according to Richmond County Daily Journal and Sports Business Journal, Richmond County commissioners have reiterated their firm stance that all money going toward Rockingham Speedway from the state should be used to get the track, quote, race ready, end quote, for a potential NASCAR event. Here's what I would love to see. I would love to see it back on the Cup Series schedule. Here's where my skepticism lies, that it did not do that well over a long period of time when it was a truck-only standalone race. Now, Truck Series, NASCAR's version of AA Baseball. Xfinity or the Bush Series, NASCAR's version of AAA. If you make a bigger event weekend around something like this, fantastic. But here's the one thing I will say about rocking. I would love to see it come back. I went to that truck race there. The racing is really cool to see there. Um, I I love older speedways and the charm and nostalgia they bring, which is why I'm a fan of North Wilkesboro being back, even though the current car doesn't really jive with it and have been big supporters of other tracks. But the reality is you're going to have to also do a lot in terms of getting people to advocate for this particular track. Now, remember this in the back of your mind, of course, in May 2022, the pandemic recovery grants bill went through the North Carolina state government and legislatures and it totaled almost 46 million dollars distributed to 17 different venues including 9 million bucks going to rockingham speedway and another 500,000, a little bit less than that going to the dragway 
I'd love to see this, but it's going to require more. And the question then becomes, can they get that type of buy-in and investment, not just from public funds, but also from people that advocated for this event and venue like Dale Earnhardt Jr. did and was so instrumental in the term of North in the return of North Wilkesboro. Number three. To college football, here's a fascinating stat from Brett McMurphy of Action Network. There are only 39 non-playoff bowls. And at this juncture, only 13 of those bowls have not had a team lose either its head coach, its offensive and defense or defensive coordinator, or the starting quarterback to the transfer portal or to an opt-out or to a injury we can use that term loosely 19 of 39 so that's some simple math here even i can put this one together for you 66 percent of bowls have been impacted by this already and that number is probably going to grow as more opt-outs become prevalent the closer we get to bowls or more coaching transfers become more prevalent look that's the reality of this day and age we're seeing the shift to the haves and the have-nots and our bowls are naturally going to get phased out Some of them are great. I still enjoy college football. I just take the action with a major grain of salt. And if it doesn't involve locally relevant teams, whether it's from the ACC or obviously JMU or ODU or Liberty or whomever, it's harder to pique my interest around those games because you start to realize who is or is not participating. Speaking of transfers, by the way. Number two. A trend that you can expect. Coaches to transfer, not even to be head coaches, but to be coordinators at Power 5 programs. The amount of dollar, dollar bills, y'all. They can be paid to those type of coaches is going to continue to grow. And that's why it's alarming and maybe not in a good way for smaller schools. The North Dakota State's head football coach, Matt Entz, is leaving the school for USC. Yes, Southern Cal. Not to replace Lincoln Riley, but instead to be his defensive coordinator. Again, watch out for this trend to continue. Liberty is the exception, not the norm when it comes to group of five programs. Most of them do not have the resources, code for dollar, dollar bills, y'all. To be able to invest, whereas, hey, you might be able to go from being a head coach at a program whose roster is regularly going to get pillaged to being an assistant coach somewhere else, even if you don't perform and have to go back to being a head coach, you will have more dollar, dollar bills at your disposal in the future. And that's the nature of this ever transient profession. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. We'll get to the bigger UVA football transfer news from last week with Jerry Ratcliffe momentarily and tomorrow in the Fast Lane. But Hank Bachmeyer, the former Louisiana Tech quarterback that we saw when they came to Liberty earlier this year, is transferring to Wake Forest for his sixth and final season of college football eligibility. My take on that is very simply this. Obviously, it's my take. Otherwise, why the hell are we bringing it up in the fast lane? I trust Dave Clawson to be able to get something out of it because I've never really been wowed by Hank Bachmeyer. Sorry to our guy Brian Nolan of FrontStretch.com, but he didn't do much for me when he was at Boise State. I didn't see much out of him at Louisiana Tech outside of the physical stature where I go, oh, wow, that guy has skills that jump off the charts. To me, if I'm Wake Forest, I'm bringing a Hank Bachmeyer in to compete to be the quarterback job. Not to, quote, compete, end quote, where you're basically the guy. 
if I'm Wake Forest, yeah, you bring him in for competition, but this is legit competition. I haven't seen enough out of Bachmeyer to lead me to believe that should be the guy that you only consider at the quarterback position. And there is your Fast Five at five When we return in the Fast Lane, more on the Who's, the Hokies, and the Liberty Flames as we continue in the Fast Lane after this on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg.